Anime Death Spiral, the only anime podcast that is actual play. And guess what? Uh, we did. Uh, we we didn't watch. We didn't watch any anime. <laughs> Hold on, Remy. Make a deception check. Maybe they won't find out. Okay, I'm rolling my dice right now. Can you hear them? <laughs> clickety clack, clickety clack. That's actually the only reason I think people like D and D is the tactile experience. But now that there's fidget spinners out there, I think. TTRPGs are just crashing and burning. When are we going to get to the to the Yu-Gi-Oh stage where we have like hollow tables where we can roll uh, space dice on? That's more of a Beyblade thing, right? Have you seen those Beyblade setups? No. What? Wait, what has like... Beyblade been doing in my absence? Oh, Beyblade is huge, man. You haven't checked in on Beyblade in a while? No. Beyblade's tearing it up. I had a Beyblade when I was 12. Yeah, they're dope. <laughs> you kind of there was a point where you were like you kind of have to split your your attention. You're like I have a yo-yo. <laughs> I'm collecting Pokemon cards. Uh, <laughs> I, what am I what am I gonna get into Beyblade too? It's I'm juggling all these different things. I've been playing Baldur's Gate. Oh, and, um, okay, I see what anime been going sort on of here. anime sort of slipped my mind. If I'm gonna be honest. You know, if we if we're if we're laying all of our dice on the table, dear listener, uh, I also have been neglecting my anime duty to you, uh, and I, in fact, I have been playing Baldur's Gate. I am yeah. a uh, long time Baldur's Gate uh, weeb. <laughs> I'm using weeb in the general verb sense now, or adjective <laughs> adjective sense. That's just dweeb. You're just a dweeb. I'm I'm a Baldur's Gate uh, uh, mega simp. <laughs> have been have been since I was eleven. Uh huh. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I played Icewind Dale back in the day, but I didn't like it. I did it, <laughs> but I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> no, I loved all those games. Um, I specifically uh, a developmental memory for me is is begging my parents to buy me the uh, the Costco like three pack that had Baldur's Gate 1, 2, and Icewind Dale in it. Yeah, that's where we split because I got the same pack, but it was Diablo 2 <laughs> and the expansions. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, what's funny is that, like, I I put, like, 30 hours in it and didn't even get to the new content because, like I mentioned last time, uh, I have already played that game like eight times. Well, the game's been out for uh, basically two years in early access with just like uh, Act One in that that's available to players, and you've played that how many times now? I mean, a disgusting amount, a disgusting amount by myself, probably like two or three times, and then with you, probably what did we go through like three times? Yeah, we did like three playthroughs. Yeah, so I mean that's six right there. Uh, that's it's that's a, a lot. lot. I mean it's that's the first lot. act of Baldur's Gate three, which just came out a few days ago, um, is easily like uh, twenty to thirty hours of gameplay, depending on how much time you want to put into exploring the opening area. It's a lot. How much of a min max pervert you are? Yeah, uh, which I am, like uh, of the most disgusting variety. Yes, it makes me sick, honestly. <laughs> I can't, you know what, in fact, thinking about it makes me sick. Can you just tell me if you've watched anime or not? Uh, no, no, I haven't watched any anime. I read uh, a, a scant few chapters of an anime that I think has some legs to it 
but we'll have to see where it goes. Um, okay, lay it on me. Uh, it was called Oh Maidens in Your Savage Season. Hold on, hold on. How, how, what do we think about that title? It's gut check. If if I had to th- if I had to guess about it blind, I would say that it was a light novel uh, or adjacent type thing, right? It's got that flowery, uh, overly wordy quality to, quality to it. Do you think it's a like a literary reference? It is. It is a literary reference to Keats, I want to say. Okay, because that's what it sounds like on first blush. What it is, is it is a... How do I describe it? It's your very bog standard, like, high school first year boner comedy. But <laughs> from the perspective of an all-girls literature club, if that makes sense. Right, right. It's coming of age, slice of life, Yeah, but horny. Very much slice of life, very much um, uh, a lot of innuendo. I was very iffy on the on the concept. Uh, it was it was recommended to me by a disgusting internet list. You may find them <laughs> out there, people. Uh, ignore them at all costs. Uh, I'm here taking these bullets for you. Yeah, yeah. Hey, don't negate the entire premise of the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it, it, uh, it, it sounded worse than it turned out being. Okay. It actually what got me was. The opening bit is that our main character is kind of, she's a high school freshman, you know, the standard sheltered, nerdy, uh, bookie type, you know what I'm talking about? Yep, yep. And and she has a childhood neighbor friend uh, who she's grown up with her entire life, who she sees totally platonically. Like, this guy has been her best friend up until this point. Uh, through thick and thin and she one night she goes over to uh, bring him some leftovers from a meal that her mom made uh, and and she walks in on him spanking the monkey and and huh? she excuse me <laughs> I mean first of all what got me is that in in standard uh, like shown in comedy fashion right he would have like uh, kind of like a big freak out moment uh, you know, maybe causing a humorous misunderstanding. Uh, in, in this situation, he uh, very calmly uh, puts uh, his junk back into his pants and tries to explain the situation to her. What is there to explain? No, he was just like, he was trying to be very ever. He's like, um, hey, I wasn't expecting you to come over. I'm sorry you saw that. Uh, please don't freak out. Can you fucking knock? Uh, and, and of course she does freak out. Uh, she runs out of the house and they do this very humorous montage of her, um, now realizing how many things just in the world, uh, are like phallic in imagery. (laughs) Oh, I see. So she runs out of the house and she starts seeing, seeing boners everywhere. It's very funny. She's. Uh, removed her glasses and she can see the patriarchy. Basically, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, one of the one of the bits they do is like he, the the childhood friend, is like very into trains. Cool. And after she has this like realization freak out, they do the entire like a train going into a tunnel imagery thing. <laughs> the rocket taking off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the hot dog factory. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so okay, all right yeah that's like the first three four chapters so i'm very early on uh like i said I, i've been playing Baldur's gate love a monty python reference yeah uh what have you been reading what have you been watching um well a long time ago i i did read and watch something called asobe asobase uh yeah you mentioned that earlier yeah which has a lot of, of overlap with what you're talking about here which i i think is is cool uh it's not super horny but uh, it started off as very goofy and then it has slowly over the course of like 80 chapters kind of pivoted a lot into like more explicitly Yuri territory, which is, um, you know, not unwelcome, but a little strange. You ever read a series where like the main characters just slowly get sidelined over the course of its run and you end up with a completely new set of characters? Kind of weird. Kind of well, weird when that happens. N- rarely, that kind of happened in uh, his and her circumstances. Uh, circumstances. 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 Yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know, I'm not mad about it. Uh, I still like the comic, but it is strange, especially because the main three girls from the beginning are so endearing, and the the other girls are just kind of weird. But, but uh, yeah, you know, it reminds me of a couple other things. Uh, you know, the the horniness part reminds me of like a comic uh that is disgusting awful uh <laughs> that is uh, another one of those like great uh monster girl comics uh-huh. but it's a it's a girl doing it this time which is what which sparked my memory you love to see it L- less said about that one the better uh just uh, <laughs> just ma- connecting some dots because i have um i'm pathological in that way I, I have been really neglecting my collection, I have to say. I, I do feel bad because, you know, there's a lot of stuff publishing right now that I usually keep up with that I've kind of dropped off. Let's let's put a positive spin on Let's say I'm banking them for later. How about that? All right, sure. Put it yeah, in the old yeah. anime vault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to let them build up for a little bit and then go on a, a little bit of a binge. Mm-hmm. When I've run out of new stuff. See, I don't have the patience. I uh, I eagerly lap up every new chapter of stuff I'm reading, like uh, like a rat with sugar water in a cage, right? <laughs> yeah, you press the button and you get the pellet. Yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> I love it. Every Tuesday, every other Tuesday, I get a new chainsaw man. Yeah, yeah, keeps me going. Hey, maybe not for longer. We'll see about that. Oh no, uh, Chainsaw Man Part 2, that's going to go for at least 150 chapters. Well, Fujimoto is out there recently giving interviews about how he is kind of sick of drawing and he just wants to write. Did you read that? No, no, I didn't, but that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I found it interesting. It's kind of sad because I do really like his style. I think he has He's a got a great style. style. Uh, I really like it. Yeah, it's super sketchy um you know kind of kind of rough very fitting of the tone yeah i hope he doesn't give it it, up it it sets the mood but yeah so i didn't really read anything i only read um like seven things (laughs) uh that's so little for you it's i know it's it's almost nothing um some of these were really old actually there were a couple there a couple i i wanted to talk about from a while back but we obviously got sidetracked a little bit but uh, there was one in particular that I really wanted to go back for because mm-hmm. uh, I found it like jaw dropping uh, for a couple different reasons. Uh, I read the first volume of Sugumi Project. What's that? Sugumi Project is written by uh, Ipatu. I- Ipatu. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Uh, but it's a series of a far, far future set series where uh, Japan has basically been nuked like a hundred times and has uh, become a wasteland a nuclear wasteland 
Um, and about like 200 years after all the bombings, a rumor has reached all the other countries that uh, some kind of ancient super weapon has been detected in the old bombed out ruins of Japan. Is it Godzilla? We don't know what it is. It's a mystery, man. I really hope it's Godzilla. They essentially put together a suicide squad uh, and send them in there to go uh, looking. And that's a cool, it's a cool setup, but there's lots of some freaky shit going on in the island. Uh, our main character is, is a, he's an interesting guy. He's very much of an action hero kind of dude, but I, I like him a lot. What's, what's notable is that Ipatu went and studied in France and discovered like their love of comics in, in, in the French scene, which I think is really interesting. I do like seeing that crossover because yeah. uh, no one, no one are bigger weaves than the French. Well, and also, I mean, I, this is obviously very subjective, uh, but I love to make uh, declarative statements like this. Uh, France is definitely <laughs> the number two co- comic zone in the entire world. Like, they are f- fucking killing it. Sorry, everyone else in the world, but like France is fucking kicking your ass. I mean, it is interesting to see how the art form evolves in an environment where they um, value like uh, artists, uh, beauty, and and <laughs> and skill. Oh, and and they have health care and no student debt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just incredible. Good what bloom? Yeah, good food, good food, good food, and like <laughs> and uh, like culture. Uh, yeah. So I, that is, uh, so what caught me uh, to begin with was like, this doesn't have that same look, but it also didn't have that same look where it, which is also catching up in popularity of like the manhwa scene, um, which does have its own distinct look, but is much closer to the, the traditional Japanese style. Mm-hmm. This had a unique flavor and I almost immediately clocked it as a French comic. I didn't even pick up at first that this was like an actual like Japanese thing. It took me a little while into it to realize like what was happening cuz you the French flavor is so strong. It is incredible. It's it's really really beautiful. It's incredibly well illustrated. It has like a really interesting sense of adventure to it. Uh also none of the characters are Japanese as I mentioned Japan is a basically smoking crater at the time. Mm-hmm, uh, so there's mm-hmm. lots of like cross-cultural stuff happening which I think is also probably a uh, an influence of of Ipatu living in France which you know we, we we've I think we've talked a little bit about the uh uh, let's say ethnic homogeneity of Japan, uh, a little less true in in France. Well, I, I don't think we want to get political about it. Let's, uh, let's not get yeah. Let's not get political, <laughs> but uh, you know, France is uh, also pretty racist in their own way. Uh, <laughs> they uh, they have their own problems, but uh, you know, you go you go into a city like Paris, and uh, it's a pretty big spectrum of people. I think uh, those influences shine through. Uh, but reading uh, a cross-cultural exchange there, a, fr- a French-Japanese project is like, oh, it, it, it sparked something in me that was like, oh, this is this is good shit. Well, it's it's far from the first time that's happened. There's been a lot of no, uh, no. crossover between French studios and Japanese studios in the past you know, five, ten years or so. Yes. No, I'm not I'm not making the claim that this is unique. And uh, especially like I think I've mentioned a while back, but like uh French studios are poaching a lot of manga artists yeah. in the last few years, which I think is hilarious. I, l- I think that's great. That's that's I love to see that. 
No, I think it's great for us. It's great for them for sure. Because I mean, like, it's probably oh. not great for the manga artists when they get to France and see what it's actually like to live there. To live a, a place that respects artists and has like free healthcare and. and uh, retirement age. No, I was going to say a place that hates no, Asians. No, they really hate uh, Muslims more than anyone. Hey, ain't that just the way? A lot, a lot of hatred for, especially if you are a dark-skinned uh, Muslim. Uh, France is uh, particularly hostile to you right now. Uh, yeah, not great. Not great. Not great. Not great. France, can, France, do better. Yeah, France, get your shit together. Come on. Get your shit together, okay? Come on. But, uh, you know, for a Japanese person, I think it's probably a safer harbor. Uh, and also, like, you can retire there. There's pension age, you know? You, uh, you don't have to work yourself to death. Uh, people actually get paid for their work there. Um, <laughs> Please stop. I can only get so aroused. I, it's it's pretty intense. It's pretty intense. Uh, they had to, when I visited, they had to drag me by the fucking ankles to get me back on the plane. I'll tell you that. Uh, yeah, they didn't want you. <laughs> Again, we've established they don't take kindly to illegal aliens right now. No, I, I, I did enough on my own to to make myself unwelcome that yeah. it, it had nothing it had nothing to do with hey we that. don't need I to was, get into that uh, what yeah. else you been reading uh <laughs> it was a lot involved i read some other stuff you know i read a couple of things that uh aren't aren't super notable i guess like i started a comic called shy that is sort of only notable that it is part of this new wave of like manga that's uh embracing the more western like caped comic uh, aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shy is about like a very much a Western sense of superhero, but with a twist. Oh, you didn't oh. see that coming. The twist being that the main character is shy. She's oh. a superhero, but she's very shy. She doesn't okay. like being in the, in the public. She has a lot of uh, issues. It's social anxiety stuff. Yeah, trying to do the right thing, but having it really intense social anxiety. And it's it's beautifully drawn. It has it has its own flavor. Uh, I think my own particular disdain for the like cape comic shit makes me like kind of off put immediately. Uh, but you know, it, it was it was good enough. It's it's treading in you know dark shadows at this point. Uh, obviously, My Hero Academia is taking up a lot of oxygen in this space uh, and is not doing much with it. I, I haven't checked in on well, My Hero the, for a the while. The two sides but, like, of the coin are are Hero Aka and One Punch Man, right? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Though One Punch Man tends to stay one foot out of the space. Uh, I was thinking more like, uh, you know, Tiger and Bunny, that kind of I thing. I get. Isn't also... that uh, isn't that just ship baiting Iron Man though? Um, I I honestly think it's just them grappling with the 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 cultural dominance of Marvel movies. I really think that's just what it is. It's being like reprocessed through the manga machine in that way. It also because Spider Man kicks ass. Spider-Man does kick ass. Spider-Man kicks ass, man. I really love Spider-Man. Hey, people, go see Across the Spider-Verse. It's great. Yeah, we don't need to talk about it again, but holy shit, man. This movie's fucking rule. I'm going to recommend it every time it's brought up. They're so good. Anyway, so I read that. Um, I read uh, another comic by the the author or or the artist of uh, Real Account, Riaka that I mentioned before. That's the death game that takes place inside of social media. Okay. Which I'm still waiting on the end of. 
Uh, if somebody knows how to get the end of that manga or if it still exists or whatever, let me know. Uh, this is a new one that's about, essentially, it's uh, it's Jujutsu Kaisen except ghosts come out of your phone instead of curses. Okay, sure. Why not? Uh, yeah. So here, the, the dead account is re- referencing the fact that, like, when people die their accounts get like legacy status in some social media websites right you, mm-hmm. you're familiar with this sure this this is one of those weird things that happened when we were growing up right is like we we were on the first wave of like oh people with facebook accounts are dying like what do you do with their facebook account i remember they essentially become digital ghosts you know looming over everybody until the account gets taken down well how apt to say it that way because Dead Account is about fighting those digital ghosts. It is exactly that concept. When uh-huh, people yeah. die, they come back through their dead account. Isn't that so, like, do you kill the ghost by deleting the account? That is one way, but the other way is punching it really hard. Oh, okay. So, like, most yeah. things. Yeah, so, like, most things. Yeah. Uh, there's one gag in it where, like, they make a joke very early on about how traditional, like, Buddhist monks... Uh, do not know how to use the internet, so they completely fell off from exorcisms. I mean, that's funny. That is pretty Which is funny. I like that. I thought that was funny. Uh, (laughs) Which is good. Uh, The rest of it's pretty bog standard. In fact, this kind of ties into the next one, which is Togen Anki. Mm -hmm. And these are both bog standard. Once you you get past the initial fun of the, the premise, again, like we talked about last week, right? The premise, the betraying the premise. Sure. These both kind of do that. Dead account, uh, um, our main character runs a Twitch account to provide money for his dying sister. And then she dies and turns into a ghost and he gets traumatized trying to kill her. In Togen Anki, uh, it's revealed that basically like Momotaro, the story of Momotaro is real. And uh, Momotaro clan is at war with the Oni clan. (laughs) Dope who are all just basically people with different powers and they've formed like conglomerates that are at war with each other. And our main character is revealed to be one of the Oni clan uh, who is being raised by his gramps who is uh, of the Momotaro clan. Seems a bit convoluted. It's very convoluted, I know. And, and you have to have some familiarity with the with the story of Momotaro to begin with. So maybe not as accessible to a, an overseas audience. Moataro, not as big as Journey of the West. I I wonder why. You know, yeah. off the top of my head, I can only think of one like major anime that makes allusions to that, and they have in the Dark Tournament arc of Yu Yu Hakusho, one of the enemy teams, like all of their uh, team members are named after characters from the Momotaro legend. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it shows up some every once in a while in 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 various manga and stuff. I've seen it uh, quite a few times. Uh, this one, it, it doesn't really matter that much because all it does is say, "Hey, there are two teams of power people, and they're fighting each other." That's basically it. I mean. That's just anime. I know. And our main <laughs> character is an Oni, and it turns out that the Oni can control blood. They're blood users. And the Momotaro are like energy, dust energy users. Uh, but anyway, almost immediately, much like Dead Account, our main character is shuffled away into a school where they teach you how to use your powers, and then we get right back into the regular shonen shit. Not it, so, it's always like, a magic school at the at the end of the at the end of the day. We don't even get out of chapter one before he is literally kidnapped and put into magic school. 
I mean, it's crazy. Harry Potter has done irreparable damage to anime over the years. <laughs> well, you know, the magic school thing is just so inherent to the shonen premise at this point. I, I don't know how to uh, extricate, uh, you know? Yeah. Uh, anyway, so they're both pretty bog standard. Uh, fun in their own right, but like definitely not worth a recommend. I read uh, a little bit of Promise Neverland because I just wanted to see how it stacked up against the anime. I had never read the manga for it, uh, so I just wanted to see. Um, and it has a kind of a charming uh, aesthetic that is different from the anime that I thought was fun. Uh, but that was that. Uh, I read uh, a rom-com called Sinking Too Deep Into Your Rabbit Hole. Okay. Bad, bad title. It caught my attention. Yeah, fun premise. Fun premise. This one is about uh, a girl who had her heart broken so bad that uh, it turns her into a weeb. Oh wow, relatable. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she <laughs> she basically she basically vows off uh, 3D boys <laughs> until until she meets a 3D boy who is so much like a manga character. He is so much, he is literally a transfer student uh, with sharp eyes. She loves uh, the manga boys with sharp eyes. You know uh, don't we about? all? Yeah, yeah. And she decides to, to protect her heart, let's say. Uh, she decides to basically obfuscate her own attraction to him by pretending that he is 2D. So she constantly talks about how she's standing him instead of having a crush on him. That kind of thing. Uh huh. The twist being here is that he's actually seemingly, I'm not sure how metaphorical this is, but it, it's presented in the first chapter as him being like physically allergic to women. Uh, no, that's just that's just being a rom com protagonist, like <laughs> in a certain era. But but he doesn't do it like he's shy or like he gets literally violent when women are like in his vicinity. So he's a misogynist. <laughs> Well, that's what it comes across as at the beginning, but then our main character, like, you know, does the rom-com thing and, like, kind of uh, pokes through his bubble and discovers that, oh, it's, like, he has a thing about it. He's, like, way too uh, embarrassed or shy or something. It's not really fleshed out as far as I got. But, yeah, it's so... It's this girl constantly doing, like, this boy is the manga character I really like. Oh, but wait, he's, like, actually real? Uh, and I don't know how to deal with that. That's kind of the thrust of it, which is kind of cute. It's it's cute. It's fine. I can see that. It, it, in my head, it feels like you would have to thread a thin line between being cute and and coming off as like uh, writing essentially a a male incel redemption story, but but hiding it behind the fact that the main character is a girl. Yeah, you know, the thing is, he's not, he's not, like, an incel at all. Like, he's, like, a cool dude, and, like, he's popular with all the guys, and he's no, good-looking, no, and he knows how to incel. dress. No, no, she's the that's what I'm saying. Oh, yes, she she is a femcel, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and, and it comes off <laughs> as, like, a... A male writer going like, well, see how they like it. Yeah, oh, kind of. But it's very sympathetic to her. It doesn't, pre it doesn't, you know, it doesn't present her as, like, creepy or anything. It just presents her as, like, someone who had their heart broken, like, a little too hard. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, no, I don't. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. You yeah. wouldn't. Uh, the rest of you, maybe, like me, you might have had this happen to you. But I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it was very relatable to me. 
Uh, okay, so the the big one here is, uh, and this is like the big one, big one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is, uh, I read one called uh, Shumatsu no Jinrui ni Bunmai wa Hitsoyu Deska. <laughs> Did I get any of that right? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, uh, man. <laughs> uh, I, think, uh, I, I think the English title is, uh, Does Humanity... Does humanity need civilization at the end of the world? No. Next question. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, hey, uh, you'd fit right in. Uh, this <laughs> is by someone called Tali. This is really, really great. I actually immediately devoured every available chapter of this because it's fucking amazing. Uh, this is a post-apocalypse type world. That's where we're kind of dropped in. That's uh, what we're led to believe. Some some bad shit has gone down, and uh, society has fractured. There's no there's no like disease killing everybody. There's no zombies. There's uh, <laughs> nothing like that. Oh no, that's the most realistic end. Where people just stop caring. Yeah, I mean, it really is that. It, it's sort of like everything that came before kind of just failed and broke down and now people are living in in the the result of a society that like reached a point where it ceased to function sure and so people are kind of living in a more like we could call it eco primitive way i suppose and our main character is part of a group uh that goes around collecting relics of a lost civilization essentially and that presents itself as like a cassette tape player. Sure. Yeah, you know, a Game Boy, that kind of thing. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, I mean, I was just imagining someone delving, like, deep into the ruins and uh, coming back up with a with a set of uh, Kiss disco albums. <laughs> it really is that, and it does have, like, a very similar sense of humor like that. It is extraordinarily charming. It is dripping with true empathy and humor and, like, a deep uh, love and sympathy for life, which uh, you do not get. Again, we talk, I think we talk yeah, a no, little bit. Yeah, I don't bit. get that at all. We don't get that in a lot of uh, quote-unquote post-apocalyptic works. We talked about this Bucket List of the Dead. And I, I called that thanatological. This is, this is uh, <laughs> the polar opposite. This is about like what it means to be alive and the beauty of being alive and discovering what's worth living for. Uh, and our main character at first thinks he's he's doing a job that is collecting these relics for a uh, quote unquote God. He thinks he's collecting them for God, who is just uh, uh, as as we've pieced together a, a leader of this like weird organization that is collecting up all these old relics so that other people can't have them. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just driving around picking stuff up. And he doesn't really get why, but he feels like having a thing to do is essential to have, like, a way for his life to move forward. Because uh, his father just took off on him one day. Went to go get cigarettes. He literally did. He, like, he uh, our main dude was, like, fishing down at the river, and he comes back, and he's like, Dad, I caught some fish. Oh, his tent is gone. <laughs> oh. oh, this fucking sucks. Oh, shit. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's rough. very funny. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, and like I said, there's it, an incredible sense of humor in this comic. And he, he meets up with a, a, a girl who is looking f- for uh, her father's murderer. 
uh, which is uh, slightly more serious, though it's not treated super seriously. And they just kind of like, they start for the first, you know, a little bit of the comic, they just kind of bum around and kind of experience what life is like in in the aftermath of all of this stuff. Uh, and they have like fun, charming, weird, uh, occasionally fucked up, but you know, uh, kind of sincere interactions with people. They meet up with a guy who has rediscovered how to make non bread at one point, And it's very charming. Oh, he's I like, like I'm the, I'm the guy who, who discovered how to make non bread. When I was a kid, uh, a guy passed through our, our hovel and he said, here's some wheat seeds. If you grow these, they'll make wheat. And I did. I worked for a really long time, and I grew wheat. And then I used that wheat, and I made naan. And they're like, "Not what is naan? What even is that? And he's like, check this shit out. And he busts out a big-ass naan. And they, like, fucking nibble on it from each side like it's, uh, like, Lady and the Tramp. It's fucking hilarious. Oh, God, I want some naan now. <laughs> it's very cool. I know, naan is great. It looked like he had some butter on that shit, a little bit of butter naan. Ah, put her away, boy. It makes me hungry. <laughs> it's just, this is really, really good shit. Beautiful, unique artwork. Uh, really, really great, uh, unique take on the quote-unquote post-apocalypse again. I, I don't like using that term now because we, the genre has become so saturated with like different things that I feel like the, uh, it, 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 it kind of lost its meaning at some point. At this point, post-apocalypse can mean a lot of different things. Yeah, uh, let, I, I think would prefer it, it to... generalizes into just kind of like, you know, vague societal collapse, right? You know. Yeah, it's it's what we used to call like dystopian sci-fi, right? Yeah. Um, but there's not really, but the sci-fi part has been left behind because, like, in this society, there's no, like, sci-fi shit. There's no aliens. There's no like future tech. Uh, the tech is literally, like I said, like a, a like a cassette deck. I mean, in pop culture, uh, post-apocalyptic basically refers to uh, anything that could be mistaken for a Mad Max screenshot. Yeah, it, and there's so many variations now, like the the standard post-apocalypse, right? With, uh, I am Legend, right? Mm-hmm. The the zombies, and then there's uh, I, I've been rereading. Uh, book of the new sun book one the the shadow of the torturer and that's part of what you would call the dying earth subgenre uh which is like earth so far in the future that like it's completely unrecognizable except for like every once in a while there's like a wink and a nod um, sure. but like you know civilization has transformed so far that if you didn't pick up on it you would think that it's like a fantasy book that kind of thing like some kind of horrible planet run by man apes. <laughs> it is kind of like that. Yeah, I would say <laughs> uh, Earth isn't really dying in Planet of the Apes, but it is sort of, it fits into the genre. Yeah, this is more of like the anarcho-primitivist uh, <laughs> subgenre of the post-apocalypse, I suppose. Uh, it's people putting the pieces back together after everything kind of fell apart. I guess, you know, that's that's the good way to describe it, I think. Uh, it is oozing with charm. It is beautifully drawn. The characters are extremely endearing. The action is fantastic. It does not coddle you or try to infantilize you or try to like paint a rosy picture of what this kind of society would look like. But it also avoids the death trap of like 
pure pessimistic nihilism that completely dogs the subgenre usually. It tickles every fucking pleasure center of my brain. It's perfect. I fucking love this comic. It's so good. Uh, I hope more comes out soon because I am already like in withdrawal. Uh, how how deep are we in? How many chapters are out? Not that many. I think less than 30 maybe. Oh, that's not enough. Yeah, I know, right? I told you I devoured this thing. All right. So put it on the recommend list. That is easily on the recommend list, whatever that is. I don't know if we've ever kept one or have even started one, but uh, you can slap that one on there. Yeah, no, we we publish it, and only the really cool listeners get to know where. I mean, yeah, you should, if you want it, uh, join our email list. <laughs> <laughs> join our bulletin board. Do you want our zine that has our recommendations in it and my little scribbled fan art? I oh, bet you God, do. we would have killed it if we could go back to, like, 1994 and done an anime zine. Oh, imagine. Imagine oh, the we... power we'd have over the community. We would have slayed. We would have slayed. We would have been huge sellouts by now. Absolutely. God, yeah. I can only imagine what kind of uh, anime commentator billionaire dollars I would have. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't be Crunchyroll. It would be Remy Roll. <laughs> Okay. Okay. All right. I think that is a good place to break for now. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely funny enough for a break. All right. Bye. death spiral as we mentioned earlier before we got into remy's list we have been neglecting our anime duties and playing those awful video games they keep coming up disgusting amounts of video games now uh hold on uh i'm gonna i gotta, I gotta... oh shit i i failed that failed that perception check i, I don't know what's gonna happen next should I stop playing video games? Should I start watching anime? Uh, well, you do have quite a few punishment shows on the docket that you, I noticed very pointedly you are avoiding. Wait, hold on. Hey, uh, no, I did watch uh, those fate shows already. Wow. That's that deception check. That's crazy. I'm an NPC. I believe anything you say. <laughs> you are a fucking NPC. <laughs> I'm the NPC. You're the NPC. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so basically what you're trying to tell me is that you are so brain poisoned by these awful video games that's literally the only thing you can think about. Wait, hold on. Yes. <laughs> are you are you gygaxing? Are you gygaxing yeah, me right now? I gygaxed you right now. <laughs> God damn it. God damn it. Oh, okay, well tell me what. Why don't you throw me throw me out your your hour count right now? All right. Do it. Oh man, um, it's not as much as you, so you're gonna be disappointed. I just wanna, I just want to expose you. Uh, I am sitting at. Well, okay, hold on. 
are we going uh, since release or since uh, the early access started? Let's do early access. That's probably higher. Uh, I'm at 85 hours. 85 hours in one video game. Yep. Wow. Disgusting. And what are you at, uh, mindfully? I don't. I'm not. I don't have to reveal that number. I've, I. I <laughs> don't have to say. Uh, Wait. Hold on. Persuasion check. <laughs> yes, you do. Look, you got you got my Zelda number out. I don't need. <laughs> yeah, and you lied about it. No, we had our fact checkers look into those numbers, buddy. The public uh, information was misleading. I don't need to. We don't need to relitigate this. <laughs> Listen, there's uh, there's gonna be a class action lawsuit. Oh, okay. So, uh, 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 so, uh, and anyway, anime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anime, curve back. Um, uh, anime has a anime is kind of like D and D, right? Oh, phew, saved it. Yep, sorry. Oh. that was great. Uh, totally oh. like D and D. In fact, so many anime are basically permutations of the original D and D formula, right? Like. It go. It all goes back to Dragon Quest. In yeah, terms most anime. Of... Uh, most anime is like a book you read. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what you meant, right? <laughs> like a book you read. <laughs> you mean like a manga? Dragon Quest was a manga. Was it really? Yeah, there's a manga. Also, there's uh, multiple anime of Dragon Quest. So it's uh, so Dragon Quest is is uh, uh, a horrible distortion of early D and D. But it's also a manga and anime. So, I mean, the connection could not be clearer. Sure. I mean, D&D is just a fanfic of, of like, Tolkien mishmash with, uh, with with various, like, cultural uh, stereotypes, right? Yeah, sure. And, and what is Final Fantasy if not a misreading of Western fantasy to begin with? That's harder. That's harder to claim the farther you get into Final <laughs> Fantasy. Uh, you know, at a certain point, Final Fantasy just became fully self-referential on itself. It's kind it, of its well, own thing at this point. I think we, we took a serious turn when uh, the steampunk stuff started getting rolled in. Uh, no, there's there's a lot of, like, anime that's just straight D&D stuff. You know, we've talked about Record of Lotus War before, which is just, like, a one-for-one D&D adaptation into an anime. Like, they yes. were straight up about that. Yes, it is. Also, uh, one of the best uh, Metroidvania games ever made. You talking about that Deedlet game? Yeah. I haven't played it yet, but I heard good things. It fucking rules so hard. It is yeah? so good. Yeah. No, it, it legitimately is. How really does it... Uh, did you play that other, like, uh, Metroidvania follow-up game that uh, um, the Symphony of the Night guy did? Uh, what was it called? Um something oh yes i know what you're talking about yeah yeah did you play that one how does it compare to that uh it's better much better <laughs> oh really <laughs> yeah it's like a lot better okay that's good to hear i mean uh, uh deedlet's wonder labyrinth yeah love the title run do not walk that shit fucking rolls all right uh yeah regular lotus war dragon quest um yeah, one of the one of the big ones people are talking about right now because the anime is coming up is Dungeon Meshi, or Delicious in Dungeon. I think is the English translation, which is a bad title. I'm gonna say yeah, that Dungeon right now. Yeah, Dungeon Meshi is. I will always call it Dungeon Meshi from yeah. now into the future. Uh, it's better. Uh, absolutely better. But that one's basically about like a a D and D party that goes into dungeons to get like monster ingredients to cook food right well they have they're forced to eat monsters because uh you can't bring that much food with you it would weigh you down much like uh, creating a party 
and selecting their starting inventories, you do have to balance weapons and food to create a, a, a successful uh, dungeon delving venture. I mean, I love the concept. That's, um, I, I don't like using this word, but uh, if I'm using meme <laughs> language, it's inspired. <laughs> I hate the word inspired. Yeah, I hate it too. But uh, it is it is a genuinely unique and interesting concept. And I feel like uh, it definitely falls outside like the the standard bounds of of shonen stuff well and and to connect it even further i mean the uh, uh you know berserk obviously the the elephant in the room and in the spirit i think for what we want to do here uh, wait hold of, on hold on no go back how do you draw what? a connection between delicious and dungeon and and berserk well, Delicious in Dungeon is playing on those exact... Uh, it's taking those uh, exact Western fantasy themes and trying to basically recompile them through a Japanese interpreter. Berserk is essentially doing the same thing. What makes Berserk unique is that since uh, like 1986 or whenever that first issue came out, uh, people have been trying to recreate Guts in every fucking character creator uh, <laughs> known to man. Uh, this is the entire point of the Dark Souls series is to recreate guts. Uh, there is no other point to playing those games. It's uh, true. It, I can vouch for that. It is just a fucking berserk simulator. And in that kind of spirit, we did want to uh, put some of our other favorite characters through a sort of uh, character creation selection, right? And and what did you say? You put together our our dungeon delving team, right? Yes. Well, we. I mean, we were talking about Baldur's Gate three. We've been playing a lot of that. Um, so too much. Too much. I don't think enough. Actually, I'm I'm not even through Act one yet. So uh, you're jonesing at this moment. I really would rather be playing the game than talking to you right now. <laughs> I I know it's it's mutual, buddy. I, I hey, listen, uh, you, you know we're we're nothing if not honest with each other. Uh, that's how we do it. This show, folks. So in in Baldur's Gate three, the way they do it is a four person party, and I know you complain about that quite a lot. But then well, okay, the rules, so okay? I was a big fan, big big fan of the original games way back in the day. Um, you know, it was one of one of my formative uh, life events is a friend of mine for my birthday when I was like 11 gave me just the first disc of Baldur's Gate 1 for the PC yeah, uh, yeah, yeah which yeah. is famously like a six disc set <laughs> um, uh, so much like you with this pre-release version of Baldur's Gate 3 I played the beginning area of Baldur's Gate 1 that was contained on the first disc mm -hmm. over and over and over again for several years. Yeah. No, I I, I had a similar experience uh, with Final Fantasy VII, actually. Yeah, you've talked about that. But also with Icewind Dale. With Icewind Dale because uh, not that I was missing any of the discs. It was just I couldn't make it out of the first area. <laughs> 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 hey, you gotta you gotta get up on those A D and D rules, bud. I didn't know or care about D and D when I was playing that game. I just wanted to play a video game. Uh, it did not work out. Didn't work out for me. It's all about that Thacko, man. Yeah. Well, hey, I'm I'm older and wiser now. Yeah. So so in that spirit, we got four people. Even though in the original games there were six, which is what I was getting at. That's what I miss. I I don't think four is enough to have a balanced party. 
but I guess the powers that be disagree with me. Skill issue. Hey, no skill <laughs> issue here. I'm blasting through this game. I haven't had a party wipe yet. Yeah, you save scummer. Hey, just because I save after literally every action. <laughs> every dice roll must be re-rolled ad infinitum. Hey, listen, uh, inspiration dice are just quicker reloads. I fucking hate inspiration dice. <laughs> yeah, so why don't we why don't we combine our two our only two interests the only two thing we're we're actually interested in in life and draft some fucking D D parties okay all right so first of all i i think that the party composition is entirely situational depending on the task right it really depends on what your quest is. sure well do you want me to give you a quest all right sure we can start with me give me a quest and i'll put together a party with these these list of characters that we've laid out here okay yeah we've uh, racked our brains for more than four anime characters it was really hard you guys it's super hard <laughs> trying to come up with four different anime characters holy yeah. shit i was sweating i think i think i got this on lock i think i got this okay okay all right uh i recognize most of these names yeah <laughs> i know i know some of these words yeah <laughs> uh, uh no actually i've to my surprise i think that i recognize everyone everyone on this list great yeah i'm glad you know something about the most popular anime on earth <laughs> yep, good hey. for the show hey hey uh, uh <laughs> i'm i'm nothing if not qualified yeah, yeah. Okay, let me let me let me put uh let me put this together in my mind. Now, okay, I, all right. I, I don't I don't actually know very much about actual Dungeons and Dragons canon. I watched that movie. Well, hold on, hold on. No, that's the wrong way to think about it. Uh I mean, there are like famous settings that they use. The the one in Baldur's Gate is the ever popular Faerun setting, but of course the but, Sword Coast. Yeah, the Sword Coast. But D and D is whatever the fuck you want it to be, right? It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I just I don't know very many of the names. I'm I'm gonna let's here. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Ready? Uh huh. So your avatar, you're a, a wanderer who has arrived at the gates of Fantasyland City. You're stopped at the gates by uh, some some fucking pockmarked. Uh, grubby guard, the kind you wouldn't even bother to pickpocket, because you know he probably only has like uh, a stick and a rotten apple in there. Uh, he tells you all wanderers need to be checked out at the guard station because uh, mysterious murders have been happening in the city, uh, and we don't trust outsiders. Uh huh. Yeah. So you show up. It's pretty crowded in there. It's like an open casting call. There's all kinds of weird people in there. Uh, you don't even recognize most of their races or classes. They're just spread out. <laughs> well, all that's because place. I'm colorblind. I don't see race or class. <laughs> is that is? Are you taking uh, skill traits already? <laughs> uh, I'm just talking about me personally. When you finally make it through to the the chief constable of Fantasyland City, he lays it out for you. Citizens have been going missing. The only clues have been bloodstains dragged into the city's sewers and ungodly claw marks found on on door frames and, and uh, kitchen tables. He has tasked you with putting together a party and making your way down into the foul sewers to discover what lies beneath. Uh, scenario completed. Okay. 
<laughs> I was wondering if you were gonna how you're gonna end that one. <laughs> this, uh, you just kind of ended there. Well, uh, what more do you need? Okay. All right. Well, so all right, we have uh, people going missing in a in a fantasy land city, and we're where you got to go in the sewers to investigate. I got that yeah. right. Yeah. There's like maybe it maybe a monster, maybe not. Yeah. Easy, easy party. Four people. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> all right. We're gonna start with um, who do you got? We're going to start with Ginkgo from Mushishi uh, because he knows all about all sorts of monsters and spirits and uh, sprites and whatnot. He's he's a he's a freak knower. Yeah, he's he's your sage, right? He's your knowledge guy. OK, yeah. Lay out their class and uh, uh, how they fit in your party. Um, if we're going like strict D&D rules, like just what's in fifth edition. I guess that would make him like a, a lore master bard, uh, bard with the lore master subclass. I he recognize all some of these about, words. Uh, you know, esoteric knowledge and arcana and whatnot. Okay. Uh, you know, he's a he's a ritualist. He he knows what to do. All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we're gonna need to bring some muscle and some muscle that has uh, tons of experience fighting. Uh, monsters of both a uh, physical and spiritual nature. So, so I'm bringing Itadori and Kugisaki from Jujutsu Kaisen. Okay, all right, that's three. Yeah. Um. Well, hold on. We gotta we gotta go. What uh, we gotta go over what they are. Yeah. What, what are I they? mean, I think the obvious choice for any Jujutsu sorcerer would be would be a warlock, right? I could see Kugisaki being a warlock. Yeah. Uh, Itadori, not so much. No? I mean, I guess so. Specifically, like, in D&D, warlock's whole thing is that they get their mystical powers by making deals with, with evil spirits. Like, doesn't well, that kind of fit Itadori? Kind, it kind of does. I mean, he definitely has a, 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 a demonic patron, for sure. That's but, a classic warlock. That is classic warlock. But like Kugisaki, she fights primarily with actual like curse moves. You know, I've always said she's one of my favorite characters in Jujutsu because like she actually uses like curses and stuff. She's got the straw doll and, and hammer and nails. Yeah, the voodoo dolls with the with the nails. Yeah, I love it, which yeah, I love. It's great. I think is so cool. Itadori is more of your classic punchy guy. I mean, you can you can do though. You can be a punchy warlock though. They have a whole subclass. Okay, I well, can't remember what it's called, but but you get uh, you get demon punches basically. A war jock. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, hey, it's your class. Uh, and then and then we need to cap it off with uh, uh, I think someone who's who's kind of range based, you know, caster based. Sure. Uh, sure. Some kind of some kind of spell person. And that's a bit harder to to nail down here, but I think I'm gonna have to go with Mob, right? Okay, okay. In fact, I'm I'm pretty sure Mob is an auto taking any any party because he's he's all powerful. Hey, hey. Well, this is Fantasyland City, okay? So this this isn't this isn't Earth, all right? Okay, it's all right. To, it's toned down a little bit. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, Mob. Mob has some unique mechanics, but he's still a he's still a character. Uh, and and he's your classic uh, psionic based wizard, right? He can do stuff with his brain. Right, right. He has a lot of psychic damage. Yeah, that's my party to go down in the sewers. See, Mob would be fun because he has that he has that unique character trait where if he takes 
enough damage, it builds up his meter, right? Oh, and sure. So you can yeah. inflict like area of effect spells once he reaches like a certain threshold. Yeah, love a character with a unique mechanic. That's always fun in the game. It's great. Love it. Okay, you want me to cook up a scenario for you to put together a party? Give me a scenario. Okay. Scenario initiated. Okay. Um. Hmm. He's racking his brain, folks. I am trying to put together a narrative. It's been so long. He's trying to think of a movie that he can. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> nope, that's Lord of the Rings. Yeah, uh, no. Nope, that's oh, Wait, no, Glaive. that one's Dragonheart. Wait, no, that <laughs> one. Uh... <laughs> oh, shit, that's the Dungeons and Dragons movie. Damn. Damn you, Chris Pine. <laughs> uh, okay. Um... The Chris Pinesance. Really loving it. Okay, uh, a, a, so you are a classic adventure wanderer. Okay. You've, you've happened upon a mysterious tower in the wilderness. Great. Uh, and inside is a, a wizened old uh, man who has much knowledge of all things magical and, uh, and spiritual and demonic. Dope. Uh, uh, and he wants you to go down into uh, this dungeon nearby to get a uh, magical crystal egg at the bottom. Dope. But uh, but lo and behold, and here's the twist. Uh-oh. Uh, so, so you're going to get a little bit of foreknowledge to, okay. to apply to your team here. Uh, he's actually an evil wizard who enjoys sending people into his dungeon to uh, do, like, death game type shit. Uh, so now you're in a dungeon death game. How did I find that out after entering the dungeon or beforehand? Uh, you you go into the dungeon and and he locks the doors behind you and explains the situation saw style. I see, I see, and that's where I meet my party. They've yeah. already been entrapped. Exactly. Yes. Uh, you're okay. a, you're a saw two party. All right, all right. And what kind of death games are we dealing with here? You know, I'm a stickler for these kinds of things. Uh, I mean, obviously, most of them are going to be trap based. So he's he's. He's telling me that there is the possibility of an escape hatch somewhere. I need to traverse the death traps uh, in order to find it. Exactly, yes. Okay. Uh, but also, let's see here. Uh, <clears throat> only one of you can get the egg. Everybody else dies. Wow. Wait, uh, the egg <laughs> is real. Oh, yeah, the egg's real. And what does the egg do? It doesn't do anything, but uh, it's a big gem and you get to keep it if you live. Oh, it doesn't have any magical properties? Well, uh, sure, why not? It makes you god, I don't know. It makes me god, so I could resurrect my, my party after they die. No, no, it doesn't make you a god of that <laughs> world. You can't do that? <laughs> That's like the one thing I'd want to do. <laughs> I guess I don't have any red scrolls in this scenario. Uh, nope, none whatsoever. He has an anti-res wow. uh, field over the whole dungeon. <laughs> and I can't go back to camp? Nope. Do I get a short rest? Listen, you're death gamed. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. Okay. Death game. I've entered the dungeon. I know these death people. Death game dungeon. We need to collaborate to survive, but I also need them to be weak enough to defeat in order to make my escape. Now, I am. I'm going to make the assumption right on top that uh, I am going to commit to betraying them and not be a super virtuous boy um which is the the general death game uh trope just to simplify things in that case this is a little trickier because i do want people 
who aren't overpowered. So you gotta you gotta balance out what you're up against with what they can do for you. Yeah, yeah. See, that's that's the problem. Now, there's two different ways to go with this. I would say, like, okay, here's here's a great pick. I am gonna take right at the top. I am picking Usagi. I'm I'm taking Sailor Moon. Uh, of Sailor course. Moon is a great great party member, right? Absolutely. She's she's a cleric. Uh, she has offensive capabilities. Interesting. You went with cleric. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, she's what, a... She's what is a, she, a cleric she, of the moon? She's literally a priestess of the moon. Yes. I thought she was queen of the moon. Well, she, I mean, she is princess, uh, but it comes, with, it comes with the territory. You get cleric powers if you're a princess. I think so, yeah. And if you're virtuous enough, it's sort of the paladin mentality, right? Okay, sure. Um, See, and, I would have I gone with paladin. Yeah, you know, she doesn't have a similar move set. She's not really like a, a paladin uh, kind of... I always think of paladins as heavily armored, big shield, big sword kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, paladin is kind of like the archetypal knight in shining armor, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. Which you get in a lot of uh, isekai anime anyway. <laughs> yes. Now, what's great about Usagi is she is the absolute virtuous type who would sacrifice herself for me at the end. So, like, I'm counting on that. Like, she wouldn't betray <laughs> me. Like, I know for a fact she she's not going to backstab me, right? She's your bonus life. Yeah, basically. She's okay. going to take care of me. Okay. Uh, healer res uh, professional. Yes, absolutely. Now, in a, in a similar vein, I'm going to take, uh, for kind of balancing this out, I'm going to take your forger from Spy Family because... She's not particularly virtuous necessarily, but, and uh, f- forgive me, Yor, I'm so sorry, but uh, she is extraordinarily naive. Oh, she's so dumb. She's really dumb and naive, and she would be very easy to trick. I mean, isn't that why she's an assassin in the first place? Because she's so easy to just tell what to do? Yes, she's she takes orders very easily. Uh, but there is no better fucking strike force than your forger. She's superhuman at both uh, physical capabilities and stealthy strikes. So she's taking advantage of, like, trap disarming. She can melt into the shadows. Well, she's also, she's obviously a, a rogue that's subclassed into assassin. Absolutely, absolutely. But, like, with a 20 strength. Sure. Yeah. Strength rogue. Yeah, like, full athletic ability, full strength rogue. And easily misled. <laughs> okay. Now, I, that, see, that's kind of the, the theme here is, like, people I can betray, right? So I don't want to take... Uh, assuming that's the way you want things to go down. Well, you know, I'm thinking about my own survival. You know, in a straight scenario, I would, I would like to throw somebody like Haruko from Fulikuli in there because, you know, trickster god-type characters often break the rules right and if the rule is only one person could survive then maybe i could get haruko to like you know change the rules of reality a little bit for us okay uh, that's know, different the- that's like that's like being the kid that comes to the D table and says like hey, i want my character to be tom bombadil well hey yeah haruko is a legitimate pick and she is my definitely D&D character a is bugs God. bunny <laughs> bugs bunny is a kick-ass fucking character okay yeah hey i turn into a woman and kiss you 
<laughs> yes, uh, you have four turns of confusion. Yeah. Uh, gender confusion. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to pick Haruko because I do think that is a little cheating because Haruko can make the impossible possible. In her place, it's it's difficult though, you know? I, I think in... I mean, it, I would assume it would be difficult because she's a child abuser. Well, I mean, hey, we're in a death game. No, you have to role play that. We're in a death game, man. Uh, sometimes <laughs> you end up with people that aren't great on your team. I don't know if you've read any of these things that I've mentioned a million times on this show, uh, but uh, party members aren't exactly good people in death games. Uh, in fact, there's usually an insane fucking like murder psycho who gets like hard on stabbing people. Uh, that's a very common trope in death games. And he's usually the best friend by the end of the season. Uh, <laughs> don't ask me how. I'll go off. <laughs> in a similar vein, I'm thinking like somebody who would be really good would be like, shoot, this is tough. Because right? a lot of other anime characters would betray me. And they would be much stronger than I am. Uh, you know, somebody like Goku is good because much like uh, Sailor Moon, his whole thing is being like dumb, naive, and very virtuous. Uh, well, so kind of a combination of the other two. But like... What about someone like Jotaro? He would, he would never turn his back on his friends. Well, Jotaro would make the impossible possible again. So like, you know, jo Jotaro doesn't lose. Ever. Uh, well, they hey, I haven't got I haven't got to the end of Stone Ocean yet, so don't uh, don't get ahead of yourself. <laughs> hey, you need to you need to hurry up on that one, man. Uh, Jotaro, I mean, he's a he is a great pick, okay, obviously. Right. Maybe this will make the decision easier for you. In this scenario, uh, you've written down Asuka, uh, no robot. Well, I wouldn't choose Asuka for her robot. I would choose Asuka <laughs> because she's oh, very easy. Oh, I know easy. why. I know why you would. She's uh, very easy to betray, and it wouldn't feel bad. <laughs> she is a she is a little crybaby, um, <laughs> but you know she does have uh, uses. Uh, she is essentially a new type. Don't don't go bringing Gundam language into this. Well, that's I mean she is. You know, in Evangelion, all the kids are just they're just riffs on new types, right? Oh, hey, hey, back back on topic. Back on topic. I'm, I'm just saying, I'm saying that's what her class would be. Uh, she's <laughs> she's not necessarily a psychic, but she does have intuitive uh, psychic traits. Her class is new type Gundam pilot. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, yeah. Just because she isn't in the tube doesn't mean she doesn't have like mental powers. Doesn't it though? No, it, it definitely does. Uh, you know, so I would pick like in a similar sense, like Meiruko-chan is really great because she has like, all the detect abilities. Um, she's not very strong, so easily overpowered at the end, in the in the end. But she can see invisible creatures. She can uh, interact with uh, spectral creatures. She even has, like, uh, phantom, anti-phantom abilities. Uh, so if we encounter, you know, dungeons, a lot of time these dungeons will have evil specters or, or vengeful ghosts in them. Uh, hard to deal with with a full physical fighter build, you know? Mm-hmm intangible is like one of the most annoying traits for an enemy to have hard to deal with unless you have the right items i hate it yeah so meiruko would be really helpful in that case so i, I think i would take meiruko kind of round out that side of the party and then as a final pick you know what i think i would go with uh uh kaguya-sama go oh, full shit. int build full int build 
no ma- if there are puzzles she can solve them if there are traps she can disarm them if there are doors locks she can uh pick them uh she can build uh gadgets and uh mechanical abilities uh she can deal with constructs easily 20 and int is a very useful skill to have in a puzzle dungeon okay but what's her class well she's not a wizard or a sorcerer no you know obviously int based uh i don't know dex based she does have high archery skills she she is definitely good at archery she's more dex than a strength obviously she has like a zero in strength she's not really a fighter at all so i wouldn't say ranger fits very well i mean mental fighter (laughs) i'm mentally fighting you (laughs) i would say something i mean you know she brags about her uh mensa membership (laughs) i mean what class is there an engineering class I mean, it, it depends on how granular you want to get with the rules, but yes, there's an anything class for whatever you want uh, yeah, between I, I think, supplementary books and home rule, homebrew stuff. I, I think, uh, you know, I, I think I'm, I'm not super familiar with D&D, but uh, I do think there are engineering classes like uh, like gadget users, you know. Sure, uh, yeah. Isn't that what, like, it, the, the stereotypical, like, fucking dwarf or uh, uh, they make goblins in, in some of these uh, settings like the the trap master or like the engineer in the in the party they you have know, like oddly flying enough, machines in a lot of uh, in a lot of D like official media especially the forgotten realm stuff i always see gnomes pop up as like the tinkerer ones they're yeah, like tinker. always yeah tinkerer uh, class she is a tinkerer i i suppose she's also we... very short so yeah. <laughs> it kind of fits uh, she's a gnome tinkerer Okay, and and you think that you would be able to betray her in a death game? Uh oh yeah, because she's she has extremely high int but like zero wisdom. <laughs> I mean, she is uh, she is extremely sheltered. Yeah, she's extraordinarily sheltered and naive like most of this party that I've put together. <laughs> You're a monster. Hey, you you've laid out the scenario. I'm just trying to survive it. You're a, this is some Patrick Bateman shit. If, if at any point in this puzzle dungeon, I found a way to like get one up on this evil wizard and survive with my full party, I'm taking it 100%. I'm just saying in the worst case scenario where this is a sole survivor or even, hey, a no survivor death game, uh, not uncommon. I want to be in the best position possible. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. All right. All right. I think that's a good team. Yeah, yeah, that's a pretty good team. I'd say that's balanced. Uh, you know, obviously uh, it's going to be trap heavy, uh, but there is going to be some uh, some nuanced politicking involved uh, between the characters. I think you accounted for that well as uh, uh, well too. I think these people would gel pretty well. Also, uh, four <laughs> four women. All right. <laughs> Well, you did better than me. <laughs> I guess that makes me a misogynist. I win feminism for this episode. <laughs> you lose. Oh, oh no! When's the Barbie anime coming out? Oh, uh, uh, I. You know what? I to for the last episode, I did go and try to do some Barbie anime or Barbie manga research, and mm-hmm. I really didn't turn up anything. That makes sense. I don't know. I can't exactly say why, but that makes sense to me. 
It is very, I mean, Barbie is very Americana. She's just so white. She's extraordinarily white. Uh, hmm. But even more than white, I really think she is some fucking like country music ass Americana. I think it's just she is an American thing that doesn't translate well outside of the country. Yeah, I, I can see that being the case. I, uh, yeah. you know, as with anything, the implications make me extremely uncomfortable. <laughs> well, <laughs> about the world that I live in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, much like all of anime, it makes me extraordinarily uncomfortable if you think about it for more than one second. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> Uh, I literally can't stand one more second of life without playing Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, how do you feel? I mean, I'm I'm still confused as to why I'm not playing right now. Yeah. Should we wrap up this, this horrible game that we've devised amongst ourselves? <laughs> uh, yes, but I need you... I really... For, for the next episode, I, I really need you to commit to working on, on these punishment games. Or else... Or else the audience is going to lose faith in the stakes that we have established for ourselves. Listen, next episode, in one week, I'm going to come back to you versed in in the world of fate. <laughs> well, uh, I, want, I expect at least one of those things to be knocked down. Not, I don't expect all of it to be taken care of in a single week, but I expect at least one. I'll, I'll see what I can get through, but uh, high hopes are, are far on the horizon. You heard it here, folks. The commitment to the show is unshakable. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I didn't say I wasn't going to watch it. I'll watch it now that you've guilted me on air. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not going to like it. <laughs> I'm going to cut this part out and put it at the top as well. Good. <laughs> Good. Bye. Yeah, I, Good. I, wa I want you to do that. Good. Do it. I actually like that. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, all right, you handsome and beautiful listeners. Uh, I know you enjoyed that just as much as we did. <laughs> uh, go and either play Baldur's Gate or like fucking watch some anime or some shit. Go do that. <laughs> yeah, go do that thing. Do we have to do it all the time for you? Sometimes you should do it. Yeah. Hey, you get back to us with some anime. Yeah, when am I going to get your recommendations? Uh, check out our X profile. <laughs> <laughs> I will never call it that. I will never call it that. I will die before I call it X. Oh, God. Okay. All right. I'm tired. All right. I'm done. <laughs> Talk to you later, dear listener. <laughs> Bye. Uh, bye. I'm going to lean back in my chair and get a little comfortable. I'm going to bring the register of my voice way down low.